Welcome to the Empowered Investor Podcast. Have you ever felt overwhelmed by the sheer volume of choices and voices telling you how to plan or invest for your future? With his straightforward approach, host Keith Matthews of Tulette Matthews & Associates cuts through the noise to help you create a winning action plan for you and your family. The decision-making framework discussed in this show can transform you and your investment experiences and will increase your odds of becoming financially secure. Learn more and subscribe today at tma-invest.com. Welcome to The Empowered Investor. My name is Keith Matthews, and I'm joined by my co-host, Marcelo Tabuata. Marcelo, how are you today? Keith, as you can see, I'm smiling because I'm super excited about this show, first of all, and I am beyond excited also that we're all back in the office, and it's just an amazing feeling. I never thought I'll be so excited to have everybody here, but it's been a great two weeks. Oh, you're right. You're absolutely right, Marcelo. So we have a combination of three and four day a week sessions with most of the team members. Advisors are back in four days a week with a day working from home and operations and client service are in three days a week with two days working from home with some flex time around a variety of things. But it is absolutely incredible to have everybody back. Yeah. And clients want to come back too. And Uh, individuals we meet in general whether they're potential clients or we just had a conference. In fact, Marcel, as you know, we had 11 leaders from international advisory firms come into the office last Friday from an association called GAIA, which is Global Association of Independent Advisors. That was amazing. Yeah. And it ties into today's theme, which is the value of advice. Yep. And so one of the things that we picked up, of course, is that the issues that we deal with in the Canadian advisory channels are often very similar to those that individuals in the UK, New Zealand, Australia, or the States have to deal with. Absolutely. I mean, money is universal, right? So people have the same stresses about money everywhere. Yeah, whether you're a client, investor, or an advisor. So in today's show, we're going to be really focusing on the concept of the value of financial advice. And in particular, we're going to cover a few subject matters on that, starting with why individuals should gauge the value of any service provider, followed by historical ways in which investors have reviewed the value of advice. We'll discuss the evolution of advice. Right. Most importantly, we're going to present a framework. Yeah. A framework for our listeners and investors at large to review when they think about advice. Yeah. So, Marcelo, why this topic? Why this topic of trying to value advice? It is a fair question because at the end of the day, Keith, we all use professionals and we all at some point in our lives will have to hire somebody to help us with many different things, whether that's a dentist, a lawyer, or a financial advisor. So we have to have a way of gauging and sensing how value is important when we hire a professional. It is just part of life. Absolutely. In our subject matter today, some of it is intangibles. And so how do you actually value that? What's your quote from Warren Buffett that you were talking about offline as we were preparing for today's show? Right. So I love that quote because it goes like this. It says, price is what you pay, but value is what you get. I think that quote is amazing because it really represents that a lot of the times, yeah, you're paying for a service and you're getting in exchange something, but what is the actual value that you're getting out of that exchange of like money for a service, right? So 
I think that's a question that we sometimes forget that, yeah, we're paying for a service, but what is the actual value that we're getting? What is it? Yeah, absolutely. And so today we're going to try to discuss and provide a framework around that. Right. Why don't we start with historically? So here we are today, 2022, but how was advice gauged in the last 10, 15, 20 years, historically speaking? When you said, wow, I got good advice, what do people sometimes refer to? I think there's three things really that come to mind. And I think the first one would be the value associated with financial advisors in the past was always pick winning stocks, beating the market. Can this person help me pick the best stocks to beat the market overall, right? It's like you're getting that impression or that value or perception of value, I would say, because it's been proven it doesn't work, but we'll get into that later. Then you have uh, pick winning managers. So, okay, you don't want to do stocks, Let's look at mutual funds. So the value that advisors would provide, quote unquote, is they would be able to select which portfolio managers would do better and build you a portfolio with those winning managers. And then the third thing is timing the market. The valued perception or the perception of value there was that an advisor could help you get out of the market at the right time and get in back at the right time, right? And we also know that that's been proving to be incorrect or at least the statistics don't show it, right? Yeah. So you're referring to three general concepts that for many years, individuals would assume that financial advisors somehow had the inside track. Yeah. And they somehow had this ability to see the future and know where things were going. And, and of course, the industry positioned themselves as having that ability. So, of course, it's not the fault of the investor. It's This is what was being pushed and promoted, and, and this was a narrative that was being built. And so what I find fascinating now, and I would say in the last two decades, there's been this push. The data is showing, the evidence is showing that it is very hard for financial advisors to actually consistently add value in any one of those three categories. And that's essentially how we've built our firm for the last 25 years. We call it evidence-based investing. I mean, I know that's a mouthful and we can't get into the weeds here because we we're just talking about something different, but we have the SPIVA reports. We have tons of reports like that are research and statistically significant when it comes to looking at whether advisors could add value in those three things that we just discussed. So, Well, hang on, Marcel, you talk about SPIVA. Remind the listeners what is SPIVA. Yeah, so it's a report that's put out by Standard & Poor's, which is the company that builds the S&P 500 index and the S&P TSX. And they do this very extensive research about answering a very simple question. Do portfolio managers beat the market over long periods of time? And they look at the US market, they look at Canadian market, international markets, emerging markets, small cap funds, value funds, you name it. And the evidence is clear that over long periods of time, a very large amount of mutual funds don't end up beating the market. So you're not getting what you're paying for. And so it's the same with picking managers. Evidence shows that identifying winning managers, there's no science. It's very hard to do because you're a winner today doesn't mean you're a winner in three years from now. I mean, this was historically considered the value. Yeah, You went to an advisor because he or she knew how to advance in one of these three areas. So what I would say, looking at the evolution of advice, I'd say in the last 10 or 15 years, advice has changed. It has become more holistic within the industry. And I think that's an amazing thing for end investors. A hundred percent. 
you're seeing more planning. You're seeing people moving away from trying to beat the market. Exchange-traded funds has really been a revolution. Systematic investing strategies have added to this whole process. So advisors are offering perhaps more value because they're delivering a suite of services. So that's the good news. As we move forward in this conversation, we're now going to get into the nuts and bolts of what we think is the way to create a framework around value of advice. Now, Marcelo, you, Ruben, Jackson, Lawrence, you went on a conference a few weeks ago and you saw this framework and we're going to discuss this framework because this is how we conduct ourselves. Talk a little bit about the conference where you went to and in particular the session. So we went to the Dimensional Fund Advisors uh, Conference down in Austin, Texas. It was an amazing conference. You know, we get to see the strategies, how they put them together, what type of research they're doing. And, you know, Dimensional over the years, they've been really good at giving us with better tools on how to communicate with clients. Because that's such a big part of, of our job, you know, is just to communicate complex concepts into very simple terms that people can understand, right? People who are not in the industry, you know? So the conference was amazing, but they had this really interesting day at the end of the conference called the communications workshop. And it's really just about giving us better tools on how to communicate difficult concepts, how to articulate our value, how to answer really tough questions that clients may have regarding certain issues in the market. One of the things that they talked about is this framework called the four C's. And it all stemmed from the basic questions that a client may have, such as, I'm paying you a fee for a service. What am I getting out of it? What is the value that you provide? How do you make my life easier? So they developed this framework called the four C's, which is what we're going to discuss today. Yeah, it's an amazing framework because it's, we would suggest that all listeners look at this framework as a way of evaluating, am I getting value from the services that I receive? All right, Marcelo, let's jump into this. Let's review the four C's together. The first C is competence. Tell us what that means exactly. Sure. So competence is basically, Keith, hiring an expert that can do the work. Okay. So in other words, making sure that the individual that you're hiring can actually do the work. And in our world, that means do the work on the investment front, do the work on the planning front, do the work on the tax front if you need that. Exactly. Okay, so let's let's go into a little bit more detail here. So in terms of the investment front, you would want to hire somebody who can do what exactly? Yeah, so you want somebody that invests for you, right? So that's going to put together a portfolio for you. Then you want the advisor to or the expert to help you choose an asset allocation. Asset allocation is basically whether you put 50% in stocks and 50% in fixed income or bonds or 60% in equities and 40% in bonds. So those discussions have to be had and the advisor has to help you decide what's the proper asset allocation for you. Then he has to help you rebalance that and maintain that allocation throughout the year. And I'd go as far as even at the forefront, the advisory firm has to make sure they present an investment philosophy, a process. And they have to be able to adhere to it. Yes. So that's part of being competent. The last thing you want to deal with is an advisory group that changes investment philosophies every three years. Yeah. I mean, we had that whole episode on the importance of choosing an investment philosophy and why that's important, like at the early episodes. But yeah, 100%, that's crucial. Okay. So you have to have an expert in the investing part. Uh, so the next group is an expert in planning. What exactly does that mean? 
Yeah, so the financial planning aspect is you want somebody to help you do retirement projections that give you a better idea if you are on track to reach your goals and if your saving rates are okay. So for example, if a person comes in and says, I have a million dollars and they want to retire at 55 and spend $100,000 a year, then a discussion needs to be had. How do we help you get there? How much you need to be saving every year? Are the saving rates you have appropriate? You know, maybe the person needs to be saving 25% of his gross income and is only saving 10% and he thinks he's saving a lot, right? So without the proper analysis, you'll never know if you're in the right track. So that's the other thing that we do for clients. I think competence in planning is more than just simply um, looking at a software projection system, plugging in a dozen or so numbers, there's a dialogue that has to occur with the client or the investor. And the dialogue has to include questions that they haven't thought about, about their lifestyle, about things that might pop up that advisors see in other people's lives, but it's important that the end client sees those questions and responds to them. And then there's a lot of nuances around that planning. That's part of the competence same for retirees in terms of drawdowns. Can they afford to have a certain spend rate? What's the sustainable spend rate? Part of competence. So the last part would be tax and estate planning. You want to hire an expert that can help you either do tax returns or do estate planning. We've lumped them together. It's a fairly large area, but any final comments on that, Marcelo? We do taxes in-house, but even if that advisor doesn't do taxes in-house, you still have to look at the big picture because you know if you're going to be planning around a portfolio and investing, there are tax consequences sometimes that need to be discussed. So even if the firm that you're working with doesn't do taxes, you still got to be able to understand what the impact is on the decisions you're making on a year-to-year basis on the portfolio. Fair enough. It's great. So that we've just covered off competence, which is the first C. Second C is coaching. Right. So what does that exact what does that mean, coaching? Yeah, coaching is basically the behavioral aspect, right? Is the for lack of a better term, the hand holding that goes around when you hire an advisor. It's the education process is teaching you what the proper investment philosophy is and why we're choosing it. You know, is educating the client on the different options on the portfolio and why certain things are chosen before others, right? So for example, if you're choosing a certain asset allocation, you got to be able to educate the client throughout and explain to him why. And then the biggest one is we have a lot of behavioral biases and investing is extremely emotional. So if you're dealing with a machine here at a robot, it's easier because you know you can set up the plan and just let it go. But we're human beings and it's been proven that the emotions associated with the market are tough, especially when we're in a down market and we're losing money. So that's where we come in and we add that behavioral coaching and adding the guardrails to the client. And the client may call and say, look, market's going down. We should be doing something. That's where we come in and say, you know, this is what we should be doing based on evidence. And Let's keep it cool and keep her calm here, right? Like that's the behavioral aspect that we add to the table. Very well put. I'd also like to add a good coach adds perspective. Yes. And so perspective about historical moments, perspective about how things really do work. Investing is a tricky one because markets tend to be forward thinking and there's a disconnect between a market that's forward thinking and how investors feel at large today. 
That needs to be coached. That needs to be discussed. And that's done through perspective. So coaching is a pretty big part of the value. And coaching can come in personal meetings. It can come in newsletters. It can come in a podcast. It can come in a variety of different things, different mediums and ways. One of the things that I'm most proud about of the clients that we work with, and this is also a result of the investment philosophy that we follow, right? Is that we spend a ton of time on education when we onboard the client on the investment philosophy, how we invest, how we manage money through turbulent times. And I have a lot of people ask me, you know, oh, when I tell them I'm a financial advisor, this is what I do for a living. A lot of them ask me, like, do you have a lot of clients calling you or, or panicking when the market goes down? And my answer is always like, no, actually clients add money. And of course, like you always have those discussions, you know, like what does this mean for my portfolio? But that's a different conversation as someone panicking when the market's going down. So I think that's a result of proper education and behavioral coaching from the start. And that's where you should set the bar. You're absolutely right. If I look back in time, the vast majority of our clients have added money if they can. Again, for a, a retiree can't add money. So there's rebalancing going on. But the vast amount of accumulators are trying to add money during those downturns as opposed to taking money off the table. So that's the perspective part. So we've now covered off two of the four C's, competence and coaching. The third C is convenience. What does that mean exactly, Marcelo? Yeah, so convenience can mean different things to different people, but I think we've identified a few here. And I think the first one would be the time savings. You know, you're delegating to your advisor and spending your free time doing the things that you love doing. So instead of like worrying about your portfolio on Saturday morning, you can go out and play golf or go for brunch with your friends, just to give you very basic examples. Then you have a personalized service. It adds convenience to the person. So when you have a firm that adds a holistic approach, integrating the things that we talked about, the investing, the planning, the taxes, that adds convenience to your life because you have everything in one place and every component of your plan is talking to each other. And then it's the service when you need it. You know, you have an unforeseen event in your life or something unexpected. You know, you get an, an unexpected bonus, you change jobs, somebody dies in your family. You know, these things you have an advisor that's there for you with one call to help you deal with the situation. So in terms of time convenience, that's the things that an advisor could add value. Well, an advisory firm that does all of the things that you just mentioned will provide convenience for end investors, period. And so that's one of the C's. In our world, not only would we want to do these things, we also build a service and a portfolio service and a planning service that has elegance to it it's simple, it's straightforward, it's clear to understand. And that clarity, I feel, and have always felt, provides not only peace of mind, which we'll talk about a little bit later, but really does provide sort of a convenient way for individuals to receive advice. Right. So let's move forward, Marcelo. Let's go to the last C. The last C is continuity. So that is the one where we add a framework there to encourage spouses to work together. You know, just like we discussed in the last podcast, you know, a lot of divorces, I think one in four divorces in Canada name financial stress as their main culprit of a divorce or conflict. So we encourage spouses to work together, to unify, work under the same environment. We encourage family meetings with every member of the family to make sure everybody's on the same page 
as to how things are going to be managed. And then there's multi-generational planning. You know, like you have a large estate and you want to pass it down to your beneficiaries in a tax efficient way. We are looking at that. So all that stuff adds to the continuity. What I would also mention on continuity, and we've seen this before, is individuals might come in and say, listen, I've been working with our family's affairs for many years. I do it myself. But as things progress, I would like to include my spouse. And they feel that when they do it on their own, it's harder to include their spouse. So they like the fact that a firm that embraces these spouse meetings together, they like that. They're like, I want to get my spouse. I want to get my partner involved in our finances and our just in case something happens to me. But also it's as time evolves, that person might want to relinquish the responsibility of overseeing their overall finances. So continuity is huge. And I would also add one other element. Continuity works both ways. If the client is being served by a firm, the firm offers support and additional members that know the client. That is continuity. So there's continuity in terms of should something ever happen to an advisor? Because life gets in the way too. Should something ever happen to a team member? You know that if you're working with a firm or a larger team, you have continuity. And that is a huge value add. Yes, absolutely. So Marcelo, those are the four C's, right? So you went on a conference and you came back. We discussed this amongst our advisory meeting, our advisory group meeting three weeks ago. And we said, this is brilliant. This is really lays out a roadmap that we want to share with our clients. We want to share with listeners. And so that's really what we tried to do today, share this framework. Yeah, it's the gold standard pretty much. If somebody asks, you know, like, how does an advisor add value? Or we're dealing with a prospect and they say, okay, I'm going to pay you this fee. Like, how will you add value to my situation? That's it. It's the four C's. So I love the way you're, you're confident in the process, as am I. Now I'm going to ask you a question. What are the outcomes? We're going to talk about if a client can get these four C's and the value of advice, what are typically the outcomes that we've seen anyway for either our clients or investors at large? Well, there's a few, but of course, it's better results because you're following a structure. You have a plan that's well-crafted. You have better results because you're staying in your seat and that's the behavioral aspect. So if you have somebody who's jumping out of the market and coming back into the market or moving all these parts when, when markets are turbulent, then we have evidence that that doesn't work. So that's number two. One, you get better results because you're following a plan and a structure. Two, you're getting better behavior. So you're getting better investment returns long-term. And then you have more confidence and peace of mind because you know that you have a plan and things are well taken care of and you can trust the person that's taking care of that. So I think that should be the outcome. And a lot of people will say, oh, you guys are doing this show. It's self-serving because you are financial advisors. But I've said this before. I wouldn't do this if I didn't think this adds value to people's life. I wouldn't dedicate my life to this if I didn't think this adds value to people's lives. So I think that's what the ideal outcome should be if you're dealing with the proper advisory firm. 100%. Marcel, I couldn't agree with you more. I've always felt super confident that a process like the four C's and a process. The four C's are not the process, but that's how you evaluate advice. Yeah. At the end of the day, investors will get two main things. They will get better results. They will get better results because of the plan, the commitment, the process, and the right behaviors, adding money when the market's down. Better results, 
with less stress. And we've spoken about this in the book, The Empowered Investor, for the last 20 years, and that is an incredible outcome. And that is the winning outcome. And so ultimately what we're trying to do in today's episode is share this way of evaluating advice so that individuals, whether they're clients or not clients, are able to review their service provider, their advice provider, and say, like, am I getting good value? So what are your takeaways? Let's wrap the show up with takeaways. I will say one thing, Marcel, our next show that we're going to do, we discussed, is going to be how to select a financial advisor, a whole series of steps, guidelines. And so that will be the next show. They'll be part of our two-part series about financial advice. What are our takeaways for today's show? My takeaway is that it's your money. It's your future. The bar should be super high. This is the gold standard. And if you're getting it, you're going to get those good results. But if you're not, it begs asking the question, you know, like, am I getting the value for what I'm paying for? So for me is don't be shy to ask questions. Make sure that you're being tough in the services that you demand and make sure you're getting that value for your money's worth. Excellent. Thank you so much, Marcelo. Well put. I'll just add a short piece that says, essentially, today we presented a framework, a way to evaluate advice. To all our listeners, please use it. The four C's, please embrace it and feel free to ask any questions you have. Thank you so much for tuning in and we'll see you in the next episode. Thank you. You've been listening to the Empowered Investor Podcast, hosted by Keith Matthews. Please visit tma-invest.com to subscribe to this podcast, learn more about how his firm helps Canadian investors, or to request a complimentary copy of The Empowered Investor. Investments and investing strategies should be evaluated based on your own objectives. Listeners of this podcast should use their best judgment and consult a financial expert prior to making any investment decisions based on the information found in this podcast.